listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. So as a boy, I grew up in good old Freeport, Michigan. So I don't, hey, nice. I love Freeport, Michigan. Uh, it's not too far from here. Freeport consists of a small little town and then the country. And I was lucky enough to grow up in the country. It was awesome. I loved it. And one of my favorite things as a boy, uh, I loved when there were thunderstorms. I loved thunderstorms. And uh, what I actually secretly hoped for, and I don't know if this is weird or not, but I loved, uh, I would hope that the power would go out with a thunderstorm. Uh, and specifically at night. So what I would do, it, well, I, when the power went out at night, during a storm, I would go around the house and I'd find all the candles in the house. Uh, my mom loved candles, still loves candles, and I am her main supplier of candles. Uh, every birthday, every Mother's Day, whatever it is, I'd always get her a candle. And so when the power goes off, I'd go find all the, the candles and I would set them out on the counter, which was the highest part of the room, of the, the area, and every time that I would put another candle there and I'd find another candle, the light would spread more into the room. And as a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing because there's this raging storm going outside that's so bad that the power is off, but these candles, every single candle that that I got, it seemed like every year there was more candles, it would light up more of the space. And I just, I love love that imagery, I love that picture, and I thought it, it really goes so well with the memory verse that I'm going to be talking about today. We're in a series called Red Letters. We're talking about the things that Jesus said. And so today, we're going to be talking about Matthew 5.14. And I'll read that for you guys. It is, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. I'm going to read it again. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. How about you turn to your neighbor and say, you are a light. And now turn to that same person and be like, I am the light. (laughs) Though it seems to be a a little louder the second time when you're talking about yourself. I'm excited to talk about this today. uh, The idea of what does it look like for us um, to shine in this world? How do we shine? And where do we shine? So that's what I want to talk about today. And I, I want to let you guys into a little bit of my last couple of weeks. Uh, specifically, like, the idea of putting these messages together. And, and to be frank, it's pretty hard for me sometimes. Um, especially uh, just adding it on to everything go- that goes on. And I'm sure you guys can relate. If you look at your lives, there's busyness and craziness and so much that happens. And I think, specifically, if I'm being completely honest, over the last couple of weeks, I've been pretty overwhelmed pretty stressed out. Um, It just seems like one thing after another. Um, Trying to to get this together while trying to make all these other pieces in life uh, happen. And and what happens when we get in those those seasons of of stress or being overwhelmed, I'm sure you guys can relate, the things that are normal in life that normally don't stress you out, now those start to stress you out. And it's like every little thing is bringing something into your life. Whether it's heaviness or whatever it is, and I found over these last couple weeks, there's been times where I've maybe been a little darker than normal, or I've lost a little of my passion, or just whatever it is, maybe uh, let anxiety creep in um, over these last several weeks. And, and I know that's true. As I'm thinking over this idea, I'm thinking, well, this 
is probably just life. I know that, you know, you have good seasons, bad seasons, but the reality is most of us in here can probably say the same thing that I've said for the last couple of weeks, that, that these last couple of weeks have been a little crazy, whether it's one thing or several things. And as I was thinking about this message, I actually looked at my last couple of weeks, and I can honestly say, and, and I don't think I'm that crazy, but I can honestly say that I would not trade these last couple of weeks for a couple of weeks that were easy. So if I could go back in time and two weeks ago and say, okay, you have an option of having these two weeks that you're going to probably be stressed, overwhelmed, and it's going to be ha- you're going to have hard times during it, or you're going to choose this easy two weeks, it's going to be a breeze, it's going to be awesome. I can honestly say that I would still choose the two weeks I've had. I would still choose to struggle than not. And the reason that I say that, because in these last two weeks, time after time after time, Jesus met me where I was. Time after time, when I was feeling overwhelmed, when I was feeling stressed, when things that probably shouldn't have felt like they were that big felt really big to me, Jesus met me where I was. And I am absolutely amazed at the faithfulness of Jesus in my life. The idea that he's fully God and he's fully man, but he's so personable. And he cares about everything in my life. And that when we truly seek him, he meets us where we are. And so thinking about this idea of, yes, this verse is talking about you are the light of the world. It's saying that we are the light of the world. But we can't actually shine to the world unless we realize who the real light of the world is. And that's Jesus. That until we can let Jesus be the light in us, how can we be the light to the world? And so it's just, I just want to talk about Jesus, that he really is that good. And it's crazy, as I was thinking over these last weeks, Jesus actually is the answer. And I know that sounds cliche and honestly sometimes untouchable, but when I'm feeling dark, when I'm feeling drained, when I'm feeling a lack of passion, I'm sure you all can relate to one of these things, when I feel like anxiety is coming in or I feel like low-grade depression, whatever it is, when I humble myself and I break down any walls that I put up and I actually decide to say, Jesus, I'm going I'm to seek you on this issue. He shows up. He shows up and where I was, he brings light where maybe there was some darkness. He brings energy where I was drained. He reunites my passion. He brings joy. And the reason that this all rings true is because Jesus is the light of the world. Therefore, that means he is the light of my life. If Jesus is the light of the world, that means he is the light of my life. Jesus actually says this in John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So this is a promise from Jesus. If we choose to follow him, he will light up our lives. And honestly, I I've, I found this concept kind of hard to explain. The way that I've been kind of talking about it, it's just like one plus two equals three, but why is it so difficult? It's like a simple concept, but so hard to understand and so hard to explain. Because Jesus, we believe by faith that we can't see him physically, but he does something in our lives, on our insides, in our hearts, that we can't explain. 
And I think so often we are trying to control the different things that are going on in our life. When really if we, we did this one plus two equals three. If we seek Jesus, he brings these things into our life. And, and I thought a story that, that helped explain this. I was, I was in the Middle East several years ago with a friend. And we were on a bus and we were going to the airport. So it's like a 15 minute ride. And right, on a, right in the beginning, this, this man enters the bus and just, I don't know if you guys uh, have this, but you just know something's wrong with someone. Something's going on. And he walked in the bus. He just looked so down, so defeated. Uh, and he actually ended up sitting next to us on the bus. And he actually ended up opening up and talking to us. And he just was saying things like, uh, he just was so tired and so unhappy. He didn't know what to do with his life. And, and he just had a, the way that he talked was just hopeless. And so in that moment, we took, uh, we took a moment to just tell him about Jesus. And we, we just told him about Jesus and how, what Jesus does for our life. And, and I remember him saying this. He said, if what you say about Jesus is true, then I want to follow him. And so in that moment, he decided to follow Jesus. It was an awesome moment. But something in that moment, other than him giving his life over to follow Jesus, you could see a physical change in him. Also, when he hadn't smiled once up to that point, he couldn't stop smiling when he had so much uh, hopelessness in, it, in, in the way he spoke, he started to speak with hope. He, he got our contact information, and he was just starting to say all these dreams that he had. It's like just a second ago, he was saying how he didn't know what to do with his life. And now he's talking about dreams that he has. And, and so from the moment that he, he came on this bus, the moment that he left, he was a changed man. And I thought about this. It was only 15 minutes. What changed? What was the difference in that 15 minutes that had him change? The only thing that I see is Jesus. That he came one way and he left a different man because of Jesus. But it was all something that happened on the inside. And that's how Jesus does it. That's how a relationship happens with Jesus. Sometimes it feel, Jesus feels so untouchable or, or this idea of following him or how does this work. But it's when we open up our hearts to have him move and just invite him in, that's when he starts to move. That's when he starts to bring light to darkness. That's when he starts to bring energy to someone that's drained. And I really believe before we are called to be lights of this world, but before we can be a light to the world, we have to understand who the light is in us. We have to have that perspective change that, that Jesus is the light of our lives, and he really, truly, truly is good, that he is who he says he is. So my first part of, about this verse is, is just simply this, let Jesus be the light of our, of our lives. Let Jesus be the light of our lives. And so what does, what does that look like for you? What what does it look like to let Jesus come in and be the light of, of your life? I know for me, um, oftentimes, uh, I'll be stressed or I'll have my day and, and, and everything in me wants to veg out. Everything in me wants to go watch TV or, or just kind of not focus on anything, mentally just check out. Uh, but, but recently, what I've been doing is I've been you know, forcing myself to stay in my car when I get home and blast some worship music. And just take that time to recenter. Take that time to be honest, to be vulnerable, to say, God, I don't got it figured out. To say, I am drained, Jesus. <laughs> that I actually need energy from you. 
And in these moments, it's just been so beautiful to see how God moves. And so what does that look like for you? Where are you guys at with having Jesus be the light of your life? What steps in your life are you taking? Are you stressed out? Is life hitting you with everything it has? Are you overwhelmed? Anxiety, are you drained? What does it look like for you to have Jesus come in and be that light, be that refreshment to your life? And I think once we understand that, okay, our light, we're a light to the world because Jesus is the light to us, then how do we shine? What does it look like for us to shine? So we know the one, we shine because of Jesus, but now what do we do with that? What do we do? Because now... It, we don't just shine for our own sakes, although Jesus loves us that much. But why do we shine? How do we shine? And I think we have to look at Jesus. We have to look at his life. And in John 10, 25, it says this. The works that I do in my Father's name bear, bear witness about me. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. I truly believe that the works of Jesus were one of the main things that showed him to be different on this earth. The yes, he was God. Yes, he's Jesus, so obviously he's shining. But the way he lived his life is he did work after work after work, miracle after miracle, healing after healing. That everywhere Jesus went, he was making a difference in the people's lives through healings and through miracles to show them the Father. And I just want to go over just a list of, of several healings and miracles that he did. In Matthew 8, he healed the centurion's servant. In Mark 4, he, he calmed the storm. And in John 5, he healed someone at the pool of Bethsaida. Bethsaida. Healing of two blind men in Matthew 9. Feeding the 5,000 in John 6. Jesus walks on water in John 6 too. Uh, healing a, a, of a deaf man in Mark 7. Healing of ten lepers in Luke 17 and raising of Lazarus from the dead in John 11. And get this, it says in John 21, 25, Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the, world, the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. So Jesus did so many miracles and so many healings that it could not be contained in every book on the earth. That's pretty wild. That everywhere Jesus went, he, the way that he shined was through works, was through miracles. And then in John 14, 12, it says this. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. If that's not convicting, I don't know what is. Because Jesus says, what I'm doing, you will do more. And if we just looked at what Jesus is doing, he's doing so many miracles and so many healings that it's filling up all the books on the earth. And he says, you should go and you should go do that. That Jesus actually calls us as believers to pray for healings, to pray for God to move in miraculous ways, for God to move in ways that are bigger than this in our understanding. For God to move in different ways than it is in our control. And I truly believe that he calls us to shine this way. Because once we call ourselves followers of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit who lives in us. 
And he calls us to go and pray for the sick. Pray for miracles and the Holy Spirit can move through us. I truly, truly believe that's the way we are called to shine on this earth. So my question is, how are we, have you prayed firsthand for this? And the question is, I think a lot of people believe this as Christians. They believe God heals. Yeah, we believe that. I know for me, I was that way as well. For a long time, I believed God healed, but I never saw it. And maybe I heard someone say, yeah, I saw this person get healed or this or that, but I never saw it firsthand. And, but my question was, would I, had I ever prayed firsthand? Um... And so there's this moment, and I was in Hawaii, uh, and I was on the beach with some friends, and we uh, had a guitar, and we were just playing some music, and when we were doing this, this man walked up, he was attracted to the music, came up, started talking to us, and the conversation started to be on religion, which it kind of always gets that way, right? And so we start talking about God and his journey and everything, and he's not a believer, uh, but we're having a great conversation, it's awesome. And it's getting to that point in the conversation where you kind of feel like, okay, we're about to go separate ways. And uh, inside, I felt like I was supposed to pray for him. But I uh, was kind of scared. So I decided uh, that I wasn't going to do that. I was okay if the, the conversation just parted ways. But the person with me felt the same way. So as we were about to leave, we saw that he kind of had some back pain. And my friend asked if we could pray for him. I'm like, all right, here we go. And, and so he said yes because the conversation was good. And we ended up praying for him. Uh, prayed for his back. And long story short, he ended up getting healed. Uh, and when he got healed, he was pretty ecstatic, and he ended up sharing uh, the story with us that he's actually has this condition where his, he's always flexing. His abs are always flexing. He had a, like a six-pack. It was crazy, because he was always flexing. But what that did is it created extreme pain in his back. And so he's been all over the world trying to find healing. I mean, he, he's been to different doctors, natural doctors, normal doctors, all everything, trying to figure it out. And Jesus met him right there and healed him. And, and so he ended up uh, choosing to follow Jesus that day. And I know that this was a huge moment for this man, but this was a moment that would change my life forever. Because I saw God heals. I saw God heals. He is who he says he is. He calls us to go and pray for those who need healing. And I saw him move in an amazing way. And it blew my mind. I was like, this is real. And that doesn't mean that I've been this amazing prayer ever since, this prayer person that prays for everyone. And there's been times where I felt like I was supposed to pray, but I didn't. But it's changed the perspective that God moves when we pray. And there's the question of, well, what happens when we pray and that healing doesn't happen? You know, I don't have the answer for that, but I know this. God doesn't call us to, to, to see what the outcome is. That's God's responsibility. What he calls us to do is pray. To step out and pray. And I believe one of the main things that us as believers, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, one of the main things that we're called to do is belief for miracles and belief for healing. And I think sometimes we have to put ourselves in situations where we expect God to show up and if he doesn't, we look foolish. I think we're called to take risks. Because I truly believe risk equals faith. When we don't have control, when we don't have understanding of the outcome, that's one of the best times for us to pray. Because that puts our faith 
for God to move in that situation. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been uh, cliff jumping before. Um, I have. And so basically what cliff jumping is, is you jump off a high cliff into a body of water. And this was, when I did this, it was one of the most courageous, fulfilling things that I have ever done. But also absolutely terrifying. And so with cliff jumping, and I think this is a good example of faith. But with cliff jumping, so you go up to the cliff and you see this body of water and you can't see what's underneath. You don't know what's going on. So you're trusting somebody who's went before you, who's trustworthy, saying it's okay to jump in. Right? So you go, there's no rocks down there. It's not only three feet deep, so you're not going to, whatever. So it's going to be okay. You're going to be safe. And so you have to have faith and trust uh, to take that leap. And, and it, but the thing is, it's scary because it's the unknown. It's the unknown. You've been told that it's fulfilling and that it's awesome and that it's great and it's going to be awesome. It's one of the best things. But it's the unknown and you're scared of the unknown. Finally, you know, I got the courage and I, and I jumped in and I couldn't get enough of it. It was just one of the, my favorite things I could ever do on this planet is cliff jumping. It's amazing. But I think this is like us in Christianity that so many of us go to the cliff and we say, hey, I like the idea of jumping all in. I like the idea of being all in in my faith and taking risks and jumping into the unknown. I like when other people do it. It's a great view up here, but we never jump in. And so we stand on this line of, yes, I'm a believer. Yes, I believe in Jesus, but I'm not willing to go into the unknown where I, where I need, need to trust in something I can't control. I'm not willing to do something that puts me out of being comfortable. But I think Jesus calls us to take that jump, especially when it comes to the idea of shining. I don't believe that we can shine truly in this world if we're not willing to take that jump. If we're not willing to say, okay, Jesus, you said that you move through healings, that you move through miracles, that maybe you move through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you move through different ways that you want to speak to people. But I have to pray. I have to step out of my comfort zone. And I truly believe just like this, this man who experienced the goodness of Jesus because he experienced healing. That nothing else on this earth could heal him. No doctor, no anything that he had been seeking had been able to heal him. But Jesus was. And that healing brought him to God. Shined into his life. So the second way, the second part of this verse that I want to hit is, is that we shine through works, through works. And, and I'll just take a quick detour for some of you. This might be important for some of you. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying uh, works do not bring us salvation. I, I believe that the Bible is very clear that we are saved by faith and not by works. Uh, and Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So no matter what we've done, no matter what we do, no matter what work we do, we are saved by grace. We are saved by faith alone. But I think sometimes uh, we get caught up with the idea of, of, you know, this faith. It's not works, it's by faith. But I think definitely saved by faith. But once you call yourself a, a, a follower of Jesus, that's when we're supposed to walk out in works. That's when our works will show our faith. And so I just wanted to talk about that just real quickly. (laughs) 
And so let's just do a quick little recap here. We are the light of the world. So that means before we can be the light of the world, we have to let Jesus be the light of our lives. And not just be, hey, I believe in Jesus, but are we in a transforming relationship with Jesus? Is he constantly transforming our life day by day, week by week, year by year? And I believe once we understand that Jesus is the light of our life, then we are meant to shine by our works through miracles, through healings, to taking that jump, keeping that, taking that leap of faith. So now we know how to shine, where do we shine? If we know how to shine, where do we shine? And so the next part of this verse is a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. I think the important part of this right here that will hit first is it's not hidden. That we're not meant to be hidden. We're actually meant to go into the world and shine. And I think this can be hard for us because uh, this is where it gets a little uncomfortable. This is where we actually have to step out of our four, four walls step out of our normal bubbles, and actually go into the places of the world that need light. And I know that this is, this is pretty hard for me sometimes, especially because I work at a church. And so I'm at church all the time, I'm doing church all the time, uh, church things all the time, and with church people all the time, and uh, church is comfortable for me. Church is easy for me. And so I can honestly say that sometimes there are weeks that go by when I haven't gotten out of my little bubble. But the reality is, I'm not called to be the light of the church, I'm called to be light of the world. And so it means that I have to be intentional about getting outside of my four walls, outside of the four walls of this church. Where can I go? Whether that means I need to go downtown and just talk to people, that means that there's people in my life that I'm praying for that I know need some encouragement. That means me being intentional in my day, because if I'm not intentional about this, I won't do it. I'll stay comfortable where I'm at. And it's been so cool lately because I've been really trying to be intentional about this. And I've been in, in lots of conversations with people recently of different beliefs. Um, and, and I've been talking to people that, that would call themselves atheists or people that say, I believe in spiritual things, just not Jesus. And I've had some great conversations. And, and from these conversations, I just want to take this, this moment, this is just a time, and talk to anyone that's direct or anyone that would call themselves a Christ follower, and that includes me. That we as Christians are not called to judge the people that have different beliefs than us. We are not called as Christians to judge the people with different beliefs than us. We are called to be the light of the world. That means if Jesus is the hope in our lives, we're supposed to bring hope to the people of different beliefs. And it's actually torn me up. It really has. It's been difficult for me because I've been in these conversations with these people that, that are atheists or, or would call themselves seekers but not a believer. And so many, I would say most of the time, these people say, yeah, I was into Christianity for a while. But man, there was this Christian or there's that Christian that did this thing that I just thought, man, I don't want to follow Jesus, if that's what a Christian is. And it breaks my heart. 
It breaks my heart that there are Christians out there who are spreading hate or division for people that have different beliefs than what they have. But we are called to bring hope. And the, and the thing is, if we call ourselves a Christian, we're meant to be the light of the world. That means we need to be in conversations with people that have different beliefs than us. In Mark, it is, there's a story in Mark. It says, once again, Jesus went outside, went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Phileas, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him with his, and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have, come to, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And I know that I'm thankful for this passage. I'm thankful that Jesus came for the sick because that's me. I struggle. I'm not perfect. And I'm glad that Jesus decided to hang out with me. But my hope is this. That we would take a good look at our lives. And ask the hard questions. To people that have different beliefs than us. Are we acting like the Pharisees in this passage? And I know some of you might not like me for this. But I feel like we all have to examine this. I know that I do. Sorry, let me put the tape back on here. That there are times in my life where I feel like, man, I just found myself judging that person. But the thing is, I need to love them with Jesus' love because they may not know Jesus yet. So people that have different beliefs, I just want to challenge you. How are you interacting with them? How are we showing them the amazing love and forgiveness that Jesus has showed us? And so what, what does this look like for your life to shine? Where, where is there a spot in your life that you can shine? I think for many of you, uh, you know, there's, there's the workplace. And maybe some of you can't necessarily talk about Jesus there. But there's opportunities to encourage people. There's opportunities to pray when you're in the store. I've heard so many cool stories of, of, of a Christian saying, yeah, I really felt like I was supposed to pray for that person at the store. And they did it. And amazing things happening. Where in your life do you need to step out? Where can we Step out in our lives. And so just my last point on, on this verse before I hit, hit about being a city is go into the world and love like Jesus loves. Go into the world and love like Jesus loves. And so being a city, uh, the idea of being a city is that it's a lot of things together. It's not just one house, but it, it's a city. And, and the reality of our world is we live in a broken world. We live in a world um, that has darkness in it, that has pain in it, that has sickness in it, that has struggle in it. There's good things. There's joy. There's good things too. But we do live in a world that can be hard. But we're called... To be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And I just, I want to read 
this psalm really quick for you guys. If, if you guys want to just close your eyes and just listen to the words as I read it. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. You guys can open your eyes. That is who Jesus is. He changes everything. His unfailing love is better than life itself. And we have that blessing. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have that light of this world in your life. But there's a world that I think that wants to know that psalm. That wants to know the goodness of God. And we're called to be the light of the world. And, and talking about being a city. Like I was saying, a city is made up of a lot of houses, right? And so I would say each one of us is a house. Each one of us has a house. But the thing about that is a house can only shine so far. One person can only shine so far. So if I shine my light by myself, I can reach the area around me. And you guys can go ahead and grab these. Don't turn them on quite yet. But go ahead and grab your lights. So I, I'm shining. I'm going for it. But there's a big room here. There's a big world, and I cannot shine in all of it. So we all have a, a, a personal responsibility to not only us shine, but to shine together. And, and going back to my original story, talking about the candles, it was so cool. Because every time another candle got lit, the space got bigger and bigger and bigger, full of light. I could see more. And just like the storm that was around me. So there's a storm that's happening, right? The world can be a dark place and there's a storm. But every single light made the place more bright. So go ahead and turn your guys' light on. So I know there's still darkness, right? There's still darkness around us. But if you can see, if you look up on the screen on this monitor, without those lights, it'd be completely dark. But now as we choose as believers to not only shine our own lights, but to shine together with believers, I truly believe, let's, let's let this sink into our hearts. Let this not just be something that we do on a Sunday. Let's not just let Jesus be something we do on a Sunday and we claim to be Christians. But let's let Jesus transform our lives and let's go change the world. We can't do it by ourselves, so we need each other. And so my challenge is this. Let your light shine. Stop hiding it. Stop hiding your light. Because you have Jesus living inside you. And that changes everything. Let your light shine.
We're going to go into a time of worship here in a second. And just keep your light shining during these songs. And just let this thought of, of being a light, um, just think about it. And also encourage you, uh, put this somewhere when you're at home. Somewhere where you're going to see it. Somewhere just to remind you that you are the light of the world. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you're so good, that you're the light of the world, that, Lord, we don't got it all figured out, but you're the light of our lives, and that's such a good thing. Lord, I ask you give us boldness. You give us courage, Lord, to be the light of this world, to, to seek you in a new way. Lord, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen.